it's Marcia Cork. I'm a certified change practitioner and diversity professional. For years, I've helped corporate teams and professionals navigate operational changes and improve workplace culture. Now, I create simple public speaking, communication, and change solutions that turn everyday people into confident professionals and entrepreneurs. Change is hard. Change is messy and change is scary. I know because just a few years ago, I was in a rocky marriage, unemployed, and broke all at the same time. Eventually, though, I had to lean in, trust my skill set, and be my own solution. I'm also a seasoned voiceover talent and the voice of many of the brands you know and trust. So I know a little something about moving from hardship to entrepreneurship and helping you reset and rebrand. I'm Marcia Cork, and I am The Change Coach. Dr. Allen, thank you so much for joining me this evening. I am so excited about this conversation, um, particularly because, you know, you are someone that I admire, respect. I actually put my life in your hands. <laughs> my husband and I have been coming to you now for, um, I want to say, over a decade. So I'm that much more excited to you know, just showcase you, showcase your business um, and get to know you on a personal level. So under normal circumstances for interviews, I would introduce you, but um, I have you introduce yourself for these conversations and I'll explain why. Basically because, you know, my work, my coaching model is rooted in building confidence and having people feel comfortable introducing themselves and representing their brand. So when I have these conversations, this is an opportunity for me to um, kind of assess the different ways that people introduce themselves. Mm -hmm. And it will also give the, you know, the listeners, the viewers, an opportunity to see some variety in the ways that people introduce themselves or craft their elevator pitches. So I would like for you to introduce yourself to my audience. All right. My name is Dr. Vanessa Allen, and I'm a family medicine doctor located in Glendale, Maryland, which is close to Brooklyn. And I am a solo practitioner. Also, in addition to my regular family practice, I also do integrative or holistic medicine and, or complementary medicine. And that involves um, not only looking at just the traditional Western medicine, but looking at or evaluating patients. Um, from a different perspective. So I also incorporate use of vitamins and supplements and using your food as medicine. I am able to do acupuncture. And um, those are just some of the things that I um, focus on with my use of my other half or my other half, as well as my traditional family medicine. Okay. okay. Thank you for that. Um, I actually forgot about the acupuncture. So that was uh, refreshing to hear. I've been thinking about that. So <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. So uh, I want to talk to you tonight about entrepreneurship and about confidence and how those things are intertwined. So we're going to kind of have a format that feels like um, past, present, and future. I want you to talk about the early years and establishing your practice. What made you decide to go into business for yourself? Um, hardships and challenges that you've experienced. And then we'll kind of end on a lighter note about, um, you know, how social media, if you use social media at all, if there are any things that um, you are looking to do with the business that maybe you hadn't been doing before, 
but we'll get there. So for now, let's just start with your entrepreneurship story. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So I did not want to go into private practice <laughs> to start okay. out. Okay. I was working for a group. And then after I got married, my husband's like, he was an entrepreneur and a CPA. And he's like, okay. well, you should have your own business. I'm like, but I don't want to, but I'll help you. And um, mm -hmm. I'll be your business partner and I'll do all the business side and you could just practice. It can be a holistic practice, just what you always wanted. You don't have to compromise and do, you know, have to work for somebody else and practice the way they want you to practice. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, well, I like that part of it. And I also have a special interest in weight management. So I counsel a lot of patients about their weight and a lot of patients did not want to use medications. And so it made me okay. learn about different ways I could teach patients about weight loss. So I wanted to really focus on that. So that's how I got started in solo as a solo practitioner. So it was challenging. I used to have a practice uh, in Fort Washington, and then I decided to leave that. And I still wanted to stay in Prince George's County. But, you know, I had restrictions about where I could practice and I didn't want to go back and forth with my old group. So uh, I used to work um, uh, with a, I didn't work with her, but she worked for the hospital and she was like our, our clinical liaison between the doctors and the hospital. And she had moved to doctor's hospital and she said, oh, you should come. It's so much better. You will like it here. I said, okay. And so it was in Bowie. And I didn't really know that much about Bowie. So I thought my patients would follow me to Bowie because I didn't think it was that far, but they did not. So only about a handful of patients followed me to um, Bowie from Fort Washington. So I really had to start from scratch. And okay. basically, you know, just putting myself out there, um, doing a lot of public speaking events, um, going to churches and health fairs. Um, I did some, you know, at that time, social media was just, you know, out there but it wasn't the predominant source of um advertising so it's mostly like small newspapers and ads mm -hmm. and flyers and postcards and things like that so and what year was this again hmm? what year was that again what year was, that was this probably about um let's see probably about 15 years ago okay and then gradually i did transition into social media but that wasn't initially what i was using okay okay so I want to just connect the dots a, a, a bit more. So you were in Fort Washington, mm -hmm. thought that the clients would follow you to Bowie. They mm -hmm. did not. So you had to hit the ground running and establish that client base. Right. And mm -hmm. you did that by, you said, doing, you know, church, um, speaking at churches, different mm -hmm. events, just to get your name out there. Was right. there ever Somebody needed a speaker about any topic? Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And were you typically looking for people? I mean, looking for different opportunities to speak just to get get your name I out there? I was, and some people would just approach me. With their, you know, if I put my name out there with one, somebody would say, "Hey, can you come speak to my church?" Or mm -hmm. having a health fair, we need you want to set up a table, things like that. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes and I, I would just um, when people would come, you know, like say like. I had, a, I had one person who was in physical therapy. She was looking for business. She was, oh, we're having a health fair. You want to come to our health okay. fair? She, mm -hmm. You know, so different things like that. Yeah. I would tell you, and, you would talk to somebody if there was an opportunity. Sure, I'll come speak, you know. Yeah, and I, I love that. I have a, I have a same, I, I do the same thing. Basically, I call that my philanthropic part. You know, there are lots of conversations these days around um, trying to convince entrepreneurs to not do things for free. I don't mm -hmm. necessarily subscribe to that. I still see those speaking opportunities and doing fairs and events as a way to drum up that visibility, get your name out there and also establish yourself as a subject matter expert. 
-hmm. So you can't always just jump right in, especially um, expected to charge these premium prices when you haven't done the work, people don't really know your name. Um, And then, like I said, it's a way of still feeling like you're doing something for free to support the communities and populations that you want to serve. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad that you say that because I do want people to remember that, um, you know, you are still providing a service and there are some things that you can and should be willing to still do for free Mm -hmm. to get to 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 drum up business and visibility for yourself. And then even if the people don't come to your event, if it's at a church that they like that they go to, they say, oh, I saw you speaking to my church. Maybe she's got some credibility. So even yeah. though they didn't actually come, they saw my name on the list or they might've heard me speak, but they didn't come right away. But maybe like, oh yeah, I do remember you speaking a year ago and they might. Okay. And then when it was time for open season, they'll, they'll sign up. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's not right away, might not be right away. It might be six months or a year down the road. Yeah. So what were those early days like when the business did not come quickly? Well, about was, how long did it take? So yeah. I had, had I had two small children. So I was working at Kaiser part-time while I was building my business because I left my foot washing mm-hmm. group. And then I was home on maternity leave for a little bit. And then I went back to work with Kaiser part-time. Mm-hmm. And then I was building after, after I like Kaiser because it was very regular. But then that's when we had that conversation. You should switch. You should go to private. And I was like, I don't know mm-hmm. if this is a good children I just had a baby so um but while I was building my practice I was still working at Kaiser okay okay and that's also something that we see sometimes if you aren't 100% ready to take the leap you may just kind of have one side (laughs) yeah Yeah. there's that there's that Mm -hmm. um it's I've been consulting since I had my daughter so since 2009 Mm -hmm. and it gave me the flexibility that I needed and wanted Mm -hmm. but I mean there's something to say about consistent money like starting (laughs) starting from scratch and working from home and you know was building this business but it didn't work out like that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, since 2009, I've only been FTE um, for three years. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've worked on site for three years with WSSC. But aside from that, it's been exclusively you know, teaching, consulting, mm-hmm. evenings and weekends, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So I have learned to stretch mm-hmm. that dollar very thin. <laughs> I can live on just about anything, but I know that that is a, a, a struggle for some people to jump mm-hmm. to jump right in, not knowing yeah. um, whether they'll be able to live off that uh, off of their earnings. And I was kind of because I'd always work for somebody else, and so it was yeah. kind of scary knowing they're like, oh, "What can I do about myself?" Yeah, yeah. It is helpful. I, I heard you mention your husband is an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and he was, you know, behind you, coaching you through it, letting you focus on yeah, I think he, your like, most of his most of his working life. He pretty much had his, you know, worked on that. He would create businesses, you know. Yeah. And so he didn't really do that much, even though he's a CPA. He didn't really do like taxes and things like that. He worked mm-hmm. for maybe a large company for a little bit, but for the most part, he had like small businesses he kept on. Yeah. So that's good. You had a serial entrepreneur behind you mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't have right. so a lot real of people examples, don't, even in the medical profession, you know, mm-hmm. they depended on someone else to do their billing and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And just to have a model, a, a successful model of entrepreneurship that it is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, are, were there any times where you thought, okay, this is not going to work. I'm going to have to go back to full time. <laughs> 
really. I think because, um, you know, he was pretty much the driver as far as like, you know, um, you know, just different things. Like, like I knew, I knew since I'd been practicing for a while, I knew what I had to do. Like, you know, I had to get on board with these insurance companies in order to put my name out there as well. So I knew I had to get those things processed. And then, you know, I knew like, you know, what it would look like to set up an office. So I knew like, you know, what equipment I needed to buy, what I could start out with. And I started out like maybe subleasing from someone else before I got my own space. So, um, so I think like I brought in the the medical experience about how an office should be run, what it should look like, whereas he brought in the accounting expertise and contracts and things like that. Okay. Okay. So when I asked anything I couldn't do, it was just like, you know, taking that first step about like, oh, I don't think I can do this. I remember one time I was working with someone and I didn't quite have my office space again. We had to put an office address down and she said, just tell the farm. I was like, I can't, you know, because <laughs> what you think you're going to be, it's like, I do. Well, put the address down. You get changed. <laughs> That's what is it? Analysis paralysis? Yeah. 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 That, 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 that is real. So the, um, so there's the confidence playing a part in it. And like I said, the confidence is going to be a recurring theme here tonight alongside entrepreneurship. You, uh, we've, as we've mentioned before, you are comfortable speaking. Did you start out that way or did it just kind of happen by sure. osmosis? Um, because I think like, you know, when I started a practice in Fort Washington, I was working for a hospital. So it was a new practice. And that kind of put me out there as far as like speaking from that. I had to start up a new practice from scratch and had to, you know, get patients to come see me when I started my practice in Fort Washington. So that kind of, I was used to, have, I was used to, this is my second time starting a practice. So I wasn't that unfamiliar to me about what I needed to do to put myself out there in order to get a, a patient base pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I felt comfortable speaking in, in public. And then if it's something you're very comfortable with, something you're knowledgeable about, um, I, I felt comfortable on the subject matter. It wasn't like I was like blindsided and I didn't know what the topic was going to be. Right. So that was more comfortable. And like I said, you know, once you could do it, you get used to it, you get your comfort zone. And um, so I think that helped a lot. And I can't say I ever thought about doing public speaking, but I do like um, promoting what I do and I like educating people. So I think I felt comfortable because I felt like it was more like an educational infomercial, so to speak, as opposed to, Mm -hmm. you know, just promoting me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about, um, well, I guess we've kind of covered where you felt like you had an abundance of confidence you Uh were knowledgeable you were comfortable knowing that you could speak on the subject Uh comfortably it's and that's uh, a lot of the problem with people is that they feel like they aren't knowledgeable enough or that they will be fumbling and stumbling for information and so they're already anxious about having to speak on anything Uh um, because they're worried about how they come off do I come off as knowledgeable Am I, um, you know, maybe losing credit credibility here because I'm so nervous mm-hmm. and I'm not representing myself well. So it sounds like lucky for you, you did not have those types of problems, but you realize early on that it is something that you have to use or you will lose it. Basically, mm-hmm. the only way to get comfortable with speaking regularly and representing yourself well is by doing it pretty consistently. So mm-hmm. looking for those opportunities, even when they don't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about social media. What are you doing 
uh, with social media to really comfortable. Like as you talk about awkward, I'm not really comfortable with social media. I feel like it's mm-hmm. too invasive and you have to put too much of yourself out there. And, and you, know, you always have to put something on to keep people interested. And I just don't have the time span or the attention span to do that. So, you know, I tried, I have a Facebook page and it's not up to date. So don't go look at it. <laughs> I understand. I think I'm and I have a website, which I probably have redone like maybe two or three times since I've had it. Okay. And my my website and my Facebook page are linked. Um, I do send out something that if you inquire information, it'll send you something. And so that's probably like the extent of what I'm doing now. When I was very like, you know, proactive and I was really trying to build my integrative side of my medical practice. I was very proactive and I was putting, you know, trying to put weekly updates and hints and tips about, you know, wellness. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't really see the return. I didn't see really many people responding Mm -hmm. to it. Um, It didn't really grow my, my volume. Um, I have MailChimp and that collects, you know, addresses and emails and things like that. But I don't, right now I'm not really doing anything with them. At one point I was using it, like I was promoting something, like say if I was hosting a webinar or I was like, you know, hosting some weekend retreats. I was trying to build my weight loss practice. And so I was using MailChimp for that. But right now I'm not doing anything. I'm kind of like in a rebuilding phase where I was like to, you know, I put my integrative practice aside for a little bit. It was just focusing on the family medicine. Okay. And so now I'm thinking about maybe I might go back and revisit it. I might change the shift. Like, you know, with COVID, it allowed us to do more online. So I'm thinking about maybe doing, you know, go back to doing maybe some, you know, I do televisits, but I might do some. I did a group visits webinar for diabetes, um, might offer some coaching online from an integrative perspective. So I'm thinking about maybe revamping it or relooking at it from a different perspective. Okay. So for right now, I'm not doing anything with it. But like I said, I've hired other people in the past to help me promote myself online on the social media. They didn't really, I don't think they did much better than I did. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, the numbers look the same with yeah. them trying to put content on there regularly. So I kind of lost interest with that. Yep, that makes sense. Um, I can relate to a lot of that. Number one, <laughs> I am not, people think that I'm a social butterfly, <laughs> but I am not. Um, I, I am able to turn it on when I need to, and then I'm exhausted, and then I retreat for a while. Yeah, so I've never been the type of person to be active on social media to begin with. I don't post much about my personal life or about you know my family, children's accomplishments, vacations, things like that. I hop on periodically, but it's not consistent. So to expect uh, that I would be able to do that with my business, I knew that it would be unlikely. I, I know that it's necessary. Like you said, I know that it's necessary to some extent. And so I really just walked this fine line of what I call the happy medium. So it's, it's choosing one platform and maybe being consistent on just that one. It's, you know, how much can I commit to? So for me, that's LinkedIn. I think my audience is primarily on LinkedIn. But I haven't been able to keep pace with what's expected of Instagram and mm-hmm. Facebook and Pinterest and, you know, maintaining all of these different things. Right. So I know that it's important. Like I said, I'm trying to find that, that happy place, that mm-hmm. one medium where I can reach most of the people that I want to connect with and post with some consistency. So for me right now, that's LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So 
we'll see where it takes me in the future. But for right now, that's that's where I am. So mm -hmm. I understand that. I understand that. I, I do want to. Um, I, you mentioned the newsletters. I do want to maybe start some newsletters, mm -hmm. um, or at least post consistently. Well, put out content consistently. Right. I guess maybe people are, I could go back to that. Right. Yeah. Something that yeah. could be covered across all. You know, post it one place and everybody would see it. I would have to constantly keep doing right. it. And so those will be the people who who follow and connect with you and who have opted in to receive this communication. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, you know, people always say that for a lot of these platforms, yes, you may be posting content, but that content isn't yours. They can change the algorithm. They can change mm -hmm. the amount of exposure that you get. So although it's beneficial for some, or it was at least in the early days, it probably doesn't have the same benefit um, or, you know, use of visibility that it used to have anyway. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I think it's really about just finding, um, where your audience is, meeting them where they are, wherever that is, and not so much mm -hmm. about having to be visible across right. all and of let's, the different And then trying to figure out what does your audience want from you? Yeah. And then how is that, how are you going to attract new people? And then are they going to do something? with that yeah. information like are they going to become patients or customers or whatever it is right. that I'm promoting so that's the challenge right. is like well yeah my old faithful will come but they already know me but I'm trying to attract a new group exactly. well, how do I get them and it sounds like there would be some challenges across the different services that you offer mm -hmm. for say for you know for the acupuncture or for the for the um you know uh weight uh weight right. maintenance things like that it seems like it would be a different demographic Mm -hmm. yeah so it wouldn't even be you probably wouldn't reach all of those people in the same way right yeah yeah okay well um is there anything that you are still looking to do I know you mentioned you know maybe starting up the newsletter again is there mm -hmm. anything else that you'd like to accomplish in the pandemic hit I was interested mm -hmm. in um I had started doing some one-day retreats and those are gone one I started okay. out with maybe like about you know my first one had about maybe about 25 people that the next one I did had maybe had like 45 50 so then I wanted to extend it into a weekend retreat maybe locally in the area then my mm -hmm. goal is to have a destination retreat with a Ooh. focus on wellness so I'm okay. thinking about you know maybe restarting that up again but again I gotta you know start all over not completely yeah. start all over again but you know how am I going to attract that type of um person who's interested in doing a weekend retreat who's doing a destination retreat you know mm -hmm. it's um like the current practice I have, they haven't really been interested in doing, you know, there's a certain fine line I have. I mean, this income is fine, but if you charge this much, mm, we don't want to do it. So trying to find like who they might not be my patients, but they might follow me and do something like a weekend retreat or mm -hmm. a destination retreat. So it might be somebody who doesn't see me as a regular practice okay. and then trying to, you know, attract people who maybe are not my patients who are not linked to me through the insurance, but like, you know, I just like what you do and I wouldn't mind consulting with you about X, Y, Z. So trying to see if I could attract those type of patients as well. Okay. And how do you, how does that communication start? I understand the planning part portion, mm -hmm. but then I think I was using to the point either Facebook or, okay. and then, and then building a, um, you know, building what is it, your, your, your list of names that, mm -hmm through I think MailChimp so I and so every time somebody clicks on my website I say click on my website you know we say hey if you fill out this 
something questionnaire, we'll send you yeah. something back in return. So that collects the email addresses. And then, you know, I was communicating with them routinely, but now I haven't in a while, but maybe start set up, you know, maybe the newsletter or what am I doing? What am I thinking about? And then maybe starting again with maybe doing a one day retreat, a weekend retreat, and then building up to a destination retreat. Okay. And what apps or platforms did you use for say registration, things like that? Um, let's see, how did I do it? I can't remember the name of the, um, I created just like one of like a temporary website. I can't remember, it was like a, like one of them free ones that you could convert to a paid one to okay. get them more, but I just uh -huh. did one of those. And then, um, and then I think I used the database from my MailChimp and I okay. sent that link out to everybody. And then like when I was building up to getting closer to my, like say the day that I did the retreat, I would send them, you know, like um, invitations or evites to sign up for that particular okay. event. I think that's what I mainly use. I think I also used, um, I can't remember what's the name of the other site people like events. Events, right. Yeah, I think I use that for to purchase tickets from if you okay. want to do that, or you put the link on directly from the website to um, purchase tickets. Okay. And and 25 people for you said you've done this how many times? Because that's Twice. a pretty good response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be one of those. I would people. say maybe like I think most of them were my patients, but some of them brought friends, so that helped. Mm -hmm. And then um so, so I don't know if I attracted people who never had met me before and just did like, hey, I like what she's saying. I think most yeah. of it was like word of mouth, where yeah. they were patients and then, hey, I went to her first one. Why don't you come with me? So I think most people came with somebody else where the first time they might have come by themselves. Okay. And would you say that you had already built kind of a relationship history with them from your mail from list? The first one, yeah. And from mm -hmm. your communication before mm -hmm. launching this retreat? Right. Okay. Okay. Well, it sounds like you've had some wins. You've had some success pretty steadily. Is yeah. there, and it's like I said, I would like to do more. I think that's my forte. That's my niche, but my um, bread and butter is my family practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so any- go in that direction, I would like to do. That was the original plan was to do more of the integrated medicine. But like I said, I've just like incorporated into my family medicine. It's not separate. I used to have them separate and I tried different things over the years, whether I was going to do it. Um, like on certain days I had set aside to do the integrative medicine, but like I said, it just didn't really take off. And so then I just, cause I like doing it and I think patients want it. They just don't want to do it separately. And yeah. so then I just incorporated into what my goal is to just, you know, my goal is, to, you know, at least, you know, commit more time to doing more integrative medicine. Okay. And it sounds like you're still able to, you know, still include this within your services offered, but also recognizing as a woman in business that you've got to give the people what they want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that's the bread and butter and recognizing mm -hmm. that and, and walking that, um, that line between passion and purpose. I know that's always right. a, a conversation that people have as, as, mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs is, right. um, are you driven by the passion, driven by your purpose? Is your purpose helping you find your passion or the other way around? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think that we have touched on all of the things that I wanted you to talk about in terms mm -hmm. of entrepreneurship, representing yourself, representing the business, getting out there and getting visible. But is there anything that you would like to share that I haven't covered or addressed? Anything particularly inspiring for people considering entrepreneurship? 
that, you know, when you're into something new that you've never done before in your own, you know, get, ask for help, enlist others, whether it's taking a class or getting a mentor or say if it's somebody you like and you like what they do, you can always set up a time to ask them. Most people like talking about what they do. And if they're passionate about it, they'll share. Like, you know, sometimes I'll have medical students come in or or, mm-hmm. or students who are undergrads who haven't done any medicine. And they just want to know what I do. And I don't mind them coming in shadowing me. Mm-hmm. Or so, like I said, if like, say, if I heard somebody, like, say, if I went to a lecture and I heard somebody talk and I might, you know, send them a message, hey, I really like what you did. I, you know, is, you know, could we sit down? Could I, you know, bounce some ideas off of you or something like that? Yeah. And so I guess I reach out and get as much information as you can, because most of these will share it with you. Are there any influencers that you follow or that who are doing um, what you would like yeah. to see yourself do <laughs> in social media? I, that. I just started <laughs> recently listening to podcasts on my way home. So there are different okay. podcasts I listen to. So some of them are like um, uh, mostly geared towards physicians doing non-clinical things. Okay. So like I said, as I get you ready to shift into my third act, I would like to okay. do some non-clinical things. And like I said, mostly centered around health and wellness. Um, so I've been listening to those type of um, podcasts. Okay. All right. Well, I'm actually considering a podcast myself. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about even this conversation, turning this into a podcast episode. So I will keep you posted on that. All right. <laughs> to, to, to put some. How do you do that? <laughs> Well, it really just seems like it's a matter of um, just making the audio available and uploading it to something like Anchor. I know that there are a few different platforms that Mm -hmm. can help just put it out there for you. So that's that's what I'm going to do next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, so I will keep and you posted on talk to, Like I said, I get lots of ideas from my patients. There, you know, there's so much talent out there. And I always ask patients, what do you do? Because I always mm-hmm. find it interesting. And usually you never know, you might come full circle and say, hey, can you help me with this or something? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I hope this is just one of many conversations that we will have to, mm-hmm. to just check in on each other, keep each other inspired. Yeah. Um, hold me accountable next time you see me mm-hmm. ask me what I've done with that, with that podcast, podcast idea <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh no also I wrote a book about three or four years ago oh, and it was awesome. the healthy way the mind body spirit um path to wellness or weight loss natural love, weight loss that's what it was and so um it started out as I was um you know, promoting wellness and weight loss. And I was always saying the same things over and over again. I was like, I should write this down because I do it all the time. And then I had thought about it like maybe 20 years ago. I had a patient who was from my first practice and I hadn't seen her in like years. She came, did you ever write that book? I was like, mm. what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You told me you want to write this book. I was like, I said, I think I started that outline and I put some thoughts together, but that's as far as I got. And when she told me that, I was like, you know, that must mean something. That's an omen, yeah. and not an omen in a bad way, but I was something I tell me, girl, write that book. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I finally exactly. wrote it. So that was another accomplishment to something I always wanted to do. And then, you know, now that it's been like a while, I, you know, I'm thinking about maybe I should like go back and tweak it a little bit. And like I said, yep. relaunch it. Update it, yeah. Do it from mm-hmm. a different perspective. You know, maybe not do a hard copy, but make it, you know, like since everything's more... Um, digital on, online and mm-hmm. an ebook. It is an ebook available. But I might go back and change it a little bit. Okay. But maybe focus more on an e version as opposed to a hard copy. Okay. So where can people find that? It's on where Amazon. Okay. And I think like you know, with the Amazon works, I think it's if you looked up Dr. Vanessa Allen, I think it comes mm-hmm. up as opposed to if you look up the the natural way. Okay. 
Okay, it's the natural way. It's not W-A-Y, so it's a play on words. Gotcha. Okay, well, I will be checking that out. I'm glad you mentioned that. We've never had a conversation I, I, about the I, book I meant before. to put a copy out here, Let me, but I don't remember where I put it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. Okay, let me get it. <laughs> Okay. Do you see it? Yes. Yes. Thank you. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I would have never thought to ask you whether you've written I think you said like, what are you going to do next? I was like, oh yeah, I didn't forget. What's my next yeah. project? Very good. Very good. And, and and you said that was how far into your practice where you, you wrote the book? Well, like I said, I think I had the idea concept kind of when I first started practicing, which was like, you know, more than 30 years ago. But I think that um, over the years, when I started focusing more on weight loss, you know, just saying the same thing over and over again, I was doing some mm -hmm. small groups with that. And I was going to put a brochure together for them or, or, you know, as a part of their workbook. And then I was like, well, you know, like all my patients ask me about weight loss and I don't really have a time in the format I use, you know, to see patients to go into depth about weight loss with them. Mm -hmm. But I can, if I write this book, I say, hey, just buy the book. It's done deal. Yeah. Let's write a book. I mean, that is that is quite a time commitment in addition to having the practice and having children. So uh -huh. I applaud you for doing that. So what was that process like? I know I've already kept you beyond our time, but <laughs> if I can just have you end with that very quickly, then I I'll I just started out with like what I had in my mind what the outline was. Mm -hmm. And so then it was just like, okay, write a chapter, you know, a day or a month or something like that. And so I already had all the, all the, um, data not data so much but I already had all the content from over the years like I said I've been doing it and doing it and doing it so I had yeah. the content and it was just all a matter of like okay what would you do when you did like you already know what you wanted to do it was kind of like a 10-step plan and so then like I, each chapter was a step and then I always had that mind body spirit so mind body spirit was a theme for each chapter and okay. so each step had a mind body spirit approach and then it led up to the next one, to the next one, to the next one, to you met like your weight loss goals. So this, is, this is where you start okay. from. And this is where you'll end. Okay. And, and then how, I just how long did you say that process? From there. How long um, would you say that took? That process? Right okay. When I actually sat down and committed to doing it, probably about a year. Okay. Because then once I got the, the basic format down, then, you know, I was, you know, like, how am I going to get it published? And then, so I self-published on Amazon and then mm -hmm. Amazon had a, you know, editor who would go through it and, you know, he said, oh, we think you should do maybe include this in, or you should expand this chapter out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, at first I had pictures to it. And then I was like, oh, copyright, that's going to take too long. So I take all the pictures out, <laughs> make it real generic. You know, I had uh -huh. these beautiful pictures online and stuff. And they yeah. go, did you get copyright permission? Yeah. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I didn't want, there was, maybe my book's such a huge success, they'll come after me. <laughs> 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 we'll just take it out <laughs> yeah keep it simple because as they say what it's better to be have it done than the, for it to be perfect you know we, right. we take all that time what you're trying to get everything right mm -hmm. and then it never gets gets published and gets if produced, I had to do it again so. I might put pictures in there you know yeah. some of the fonts well, I wanted to be a little bit bigger but like I said I think if I had to do it again I just start out as an ebook and then I might include uh -huh. more options like now I do a more vegan lifestyle so I probably include more vegan okay. options in there and um you know, just different things I've learned about, you know, I was mostly promoting a low carb and I might include other options other than low carb. So. Well, you have a very exciting next chapter. I am looking <laughs> forward to the relaunch of the book and to everything else that you're doing. 
Thank Thanks you. so much for this conversation, Dr. Allen. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time, the inspiration. Oh, Hold me accountable. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you don't want to close with anything else, I will let you go. Thanks so All much right. for your time. Okay, you're welcome. All right. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.